Welcome to Worship Call with Bible teacher Buzz Lawback. Buzz is the pastor of Grace Chapel Bible Ministries located in Duncan, South Carolina. This ministry is dedicated to the verse-by-verse teaching of God's Word and discipleship programs aimed at strengthening the faith of God's people. Now here's today's message. This is the fifth day of the week in God's created order. Thursday, 11th day of January, 2024th year of our Lord. And this is another fine day in the Lord. Let us turn to our Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for another opportunity, for another time of sitting together with your word. I I thank you, Heavenly Father, for those that join in in the morning that we come together and even those who come in later on and um, throughout the day. And well, and uh, what, what a blessing it is that wherever we are in the world that we could come together, we have the electronics can come together and and fellowship together in Koinonia. So we pray this morning that you open up our hearts to the study, and we pray that it be a source of blessing challenge as we continue to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. All right, that's, uh, we are Jesus. Uh, here's Jesus' confer- uh, confrontation with the Pharisees. And, uh, okay, how many Pharisees? How many religious leaders? How many, uh, yeah, and, and it seems here that they've joined forces. You have the, um, you have the Herodians, you have Jesus, you have the high priest, you have, how, how many of these in the crowd, you know, that, with the, with the average crowd standing around, are they, the, um, Joe, uh, Joe, uh, you know, Joe, um, the average Joe standing around, um, Overhearing and listening to the the debate going on, I mean it, and um, and it is quite the debate. They're the ones here. These religious leaders are examining Jesus, but they're getting a little weary now. They don't after the young lawyer after the lawyer over in Mark says, "Hey, you've answered well," I'm, you know, and was impressed with Jesus. The Pharisees start to take a step back there and say, whoa, 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 we, we're even losing people from our own ranks. So they're reluctant. We, we left off that they're, they stopped asking Jesus questions, but Jesus said, and this is one against how many? One against how many? And, uh, so now Jesus asked them a question. And the Pharisees were gathered together. These religious leaders were gathered together and Jesus gives them the benefit of conferring together. Okay. You guys can talk about this open book test. You could confer with one another. That's okay. And the crowd is still in place. The crowd is already astonished astonished at the words of Jesus. Will they be just as astonished at the wisdom of the Pharisees? So the Pharisees did not want to ask Jesus any further questions. So Jesus goes on the offensive and asks them a question. And um, I wonder, you know, I... I, I conjecture on this. Was it that you know wonder and, and ask what did Jesus was Jesus setting them up to look stupid before the the people? Were was he himself trying to discredit them? Not angrily, but in their eyes so that they they have a clear choice. These people, the bystanders have a clear choice. They hear the truth and they hear the untruth. Was it also to give the Pharisees, the religious leaders, more of an opportunity, maybe some more to defect their ranks? Because that's the idea I've said a number of times this week. 
that ours is not here to win debate, folks. Ours is here to win souls. And um, and know how to handle your Bible. Know how to bring, know how to answer, because um, it's not off the top of your head. It's It's what the scripture says, because then their argument is not with you. Their argument is with what the word of God says. So, remember, now Jesus is doing a question. Remember, the one who's doing the questioning is the one setting a tempo. And here's a point of application. As a believer, we don't always have to defend our faith. We don't always have to defend our belief. Let the unbeliever defend his unbelief. And we do that by asking them questions concerning their unbelief. Matthew, so we turn to Matthew twenty two forty one. Now, while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them a question. What do you think about the Christ? Whose son is he? They said to him, the son of David. And he said to them, then how does David in the spirit call him Lord, saying, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for my feet. Um, so they said, what do you think about this Jesus? Uh, what do you, uh, saying? What do you think about the Christ? And that is the Mashiach in the Hebrew. And the Christ means anointed one. Um, one, uh, see, a Christos, literally the one who has been a, Anointed in the New Testament titles for Jesus as the Messiah, as the Christ. Sometimes he's referred to as, or we hear the Father and his Christ, or his Messiah. That is the uh, the one he uh, appointed. If to whatever office that you're going to be, you are, um, whether a prophet, priest, or king, you were to be anointed. You were... Um, you were anointed for that position. You just sit and step up and and receive it. Uh, let's see. Yeah, we, we're going all right there. So this is kind of a question that you know, starting out in Matthew twenty two forty one. Now, while the Pharisee were gathered together, everything good. All right. And while the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked the question, what do you think about the Christ whose son he is? It kind of speaks of a little bit of a question that Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? And how about you, friend? How about you? Um, Who is this Jesus who you say you worship? Uh, Can can you really spend a little bit of time when, when... when Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. If you're going to work out your salvation, if you're going to work out the math, if you're going to be assured of your your faith, and um, you're going to have to know who this Jesus is. Because he certainly is the door, the bridge, the gate. And And Jesus said that no one goes to the Father but through me. Who is this Jesus? So what do you think about this Christ? Whose son is he? And um, now, starting right out, um, this this is an easy question. 
Whose son is he? Easy question for the Pharisees. And, and it's great because they pull him, he pulls them right into the conversation. Ooh, can answer this one. To them, it's like two, two plus two equals four. No problem. And they immediately, right off the top of the head, no, he's the son of David. The Messiah, the one that's going to come, the anointed one. And that's why they call, that's why there were those who called him the son of David. I don't think the, the Pharisees, the religious leaders ever called him the son of David. Um, but we find this all the way in Matthew, Matthew, uh, first verse. That, uh, this is the record. This is the genealogy of, of Jesus, the son, uh, Jesus, the, the Christ, the son of David, the son of, uh, Abraham. And this lineage, there is a spirit, there is a seed promise. So the Messiah was to come through the line of David. And that's the Davidic covenant that the, um, that David was, uh, promised a son. See, there we go. David was promised a son, a lineage that they were, uh, that to, that was going to extend on into forever, into eternity. That's Second Samuel 7. And that's the Davidic covenant. And this is the reason why many of, you know, a number of them, I won't say many, but a number of them would call out to him as the son of David. Ah, oh, now there's the follow-on question. Ah, oh, now, here, okay, here's the follow-on question. Okay, you got that one right. It's kind of like, it's kind of like our Bible challenge. Okay. Easy question. Somebody throws out, I throw out a question. Somebody answers it. Okay. Now you answer that question. Let me give you a little bit of harder question. Let me give you a little bit of question that you need to think about. Matthew twenty-two forty-three. Then how does David, in the spirit, call him Lord, saying, "The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand." Until I put your enemies, uh, your enemies beneath your feet. Um, and this is a quote of Psalm 110. And Psalm 110, the Lord says to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for my feet, for your, for your feet. And the Lord stretched forth his strong scepter from Zion saying, rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will Volunteer freely to the day of your power in holy array from whom of the dawn your youth are to you as the dew. Was the son of David exclusively a human lineage? Because this is what they haven't considered yet. Okay, the son of David coming through David. The son of David. This is a lineage. This is a human lineage. And that's what they were expecting. They weren't expecting the Son of God. Uh, they were expecting someone from the line of David, a human lineage. But they had, I, I, I say that they, I'm thinking they didn't have a concept of the hypostatic union. And matter of fact, I think hypostatic union is part of the mystery doctrine. Um, something that they, they didn't expect or couldn't grasp. So the son of David exclusively, 
uh, the son of David exclusively from the human lineage? Or was there something more to this carpenter's son? Jesus certainly came through a human lineage. And we see starting out with Genesis 3.15 where, where the seed of the woman. Jesus certainly was the seed of the woman. Um, that was uh, the, the, the who is the serpent crusher. There is the promised seed of Abraham. In you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. And then, how about Isaiah nine seven? There will be no end. Uh, actually, let's just go back up to one before we go seven. But there will be. Uh, no, we'll, we'll, that's nine. As you were. There will be no end or the increase of his government or a peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it with justice and righteousness. And um, from then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. And let's go ahead and put in Isaiah 11. Then a shoot will spring up from the stem of Jesse. Who is Jesse? Jesse is David's um, David's father. A branch from his roots will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him in the spirit of wisdom and understanding and so forth. Um, so there and there is Psalm also Psalm two. You can go to and Psalm. Chapter 89 and Psalm 132. So Jesus, Jesus wasn't, as the Gnostics would say, he wasn't a honorary God. He wasn't a figment of, a, he wasn't a phantasm. He wasn't a ghost. He was true, um, flesh and blood. But he was also divine. He was also from God. Um, and first and foremost, he is the son of God. So David would have a son, but yet David would call him Lord. This he is a human lineage. He's from David, but yet here's David. Here's the perplexing thing that Jesus asked the Pharisees. Here's one from uh, you call you say that he is the son of David, but yet David calls him in the spirit. David calls him Lord, Adonai, Adonai. He bows a knee, my Lord. So who's he speaking of? The very one who will come in the incarnation, taking on flesh, in God's own, in David's own line, but yet calls on the Father as his Lord. It is, it is our Lord Jesus Christ, David's son, who calls upon the Father. He says, whatever the Father, um, you know, my food is doing the will of the Father. And when Jesus speaks of the Father, he's not talking about David, folks. He's talking about his Father in heaven, the one whom he's been sent by. So if Jesus is to claim to be who David calls Lord, then who dares to be his enemy? So this should be a red star cluster. This should be something laid out before the religious leaders. You call him Belzezebub. You call him the devil. You say that he does these things in the power of Satan. 
Be careful, Pharisees. You might want to rethink your position. If you figure this uh, this riddle out, um, you know, at least Nicodemus came to him asking questions. Maybe they should start asking some s- serious questions here. Um, and again, uh, well, Psalm 110, 1 through 3, And the Lord said to my Lord, Sit down at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord will stretch forth his strong scepter from Zion, saying, Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power. In holy array, from whom of the dawn your youth are to you as the dew. Is there something more here that they're missing? Let's talk about a footstool for a minute. He said, he said, uh, my um my Lord said to his Lord, come sit down, um, or come sit down at, at, at my right hand till I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. What is this footstool? In the ancient world, was a conquering, when, when a king was conquered, and the king was, uh, the conquering, uh, the conquered king was to lay prostate, and, um, the, Soldiers would come and put their feet on the on the neck of the king, on the head of the conquered king. Uh, Joshua ten, and this this shows victory. Joshua ten twenty four. When they brought these kings out to Joshua, Joshua called for all the men of Israel and said to the chiefs of the men of war who had gone with them. Come near and put your feet on the necks of these kings. So they came there and put their feet on the necks of the king. This is what Jesus will be doing when he's, when his enemies are put down. So, so it's just pass a question to the Pharisees. This is the question you need to ponder. Yes, it will be very easy to dismiss Jesus. You can either say, yes, he is, and no, he isn't the Messiah. Listen, in the millennial, in the millennial reign of Christ, there will be believers and unbelievers. There will be no denying that Jesus, uh, the uh, Emmanuel, and then it would be Emmanuel, God with us. He will be called Emmanuel. God with us and Jesus. He, um, and so people, he will be renowned throughout all the world. He will be a world, he will be the one world leader. I mean, he will be the ultimate of leadership. He will sit on the throne, uh, his throne established in Zion by, uh, by God. He will, um, other nations will pay homage. But yet even then, throughout the millennial, the millennial reign, they will deny that he's the, that he is the Messiah, the Savior, even though he's going to rule. He's going to rule the world, even though people are going to know him. They will they will still reject his his um, his messiahship, and they will rebel at the end of those thousand years. So, call him the devil himself. He has given them every authenticating sign. 
And he's still giving them the opportunity to open their eyes to who and what he is. And if you're if you're right about Jesus, listen, listen, guys, listen, Pharisees. If you're right, if he's just a human being, if he's just um, uh, Johnny come lately and you can dismiss him and he's doing a power by devil, then maybe he needs to be stoned for blasphemy. But what's the consequences that if you're wrong? Let's go back to Psalm 2, one of my favorite passages in um, in the Bible. And this this relates to not just, let's go, and, and nations can be defined as the peoples. Um, not just, just not nations, but also persons and people. Why are the nations in an uproar? And the peoples devising a vain thing. And the kings of the earth take their stand and their rulers take their counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed saying, let us tear our fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. I thought about this as a side note. Um, every, and I, I was talking to pastor, uh, a pastor friend of mine the other day about this where, and we were, we were talking about people in office and leadership, the president and all. And when, it, you know, and we're talking and he, he said, it, it, he doesn't care what they say, they, um, that this president stole the election. And I say, I agree with you 100%. This election was stolen. But nonetheless, why is this man in office? Why do we have this man sitting in the White House? For no other reason but the Lord, forget about how he got there, but ultimately, Romans 13, the Lord put him there. And regardless, regardless of how he got there, this man is still accountable to God. He has a greater accountability. He, this, he has a greater accountability of God than when he was just a simple un, unbeliever. And because as a leader, he is standing toe to toe against the God and, and, and creating an indictment against himself. And as well as the other world leaders in, in this world. So the kings of the earth take their stand against the rulers and counsel together against the Lord, against his anointed, saying, let us tear their fetters apart and cast away the cords from us. He who sits in heaven laughs and the Lord scuffs at them. Then he speaks to them in his anger and terrifies them with fury, saying, but as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will surely tell you the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I've begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance, the very ends of the earth as your possessions. Now, therefore, king, uh, or as you were, possession, you shall break them with a rod of iron and you shall shatter them like earthenware. Now, therefore, O kings, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Do pay, do, do homage to the son that he not become angry and you perish in the way. For the wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are those who take refuge in the Lord. 
salvation for each of us doesn't boil down to how good you are. Doesn't, uh, doesn't, your scorecard, you may say that you're a good husband, you're a good wife, that you're, you're, you're a good father, that you go to church, that you carry your Bible, and, um, you do a lot of good things for humanity, blah, 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 blah. That doesn't hold no, that doesn't hold no accreditation whatsoever. Our salvation boils down to one thing. What do you think of Christ? Who is this Jesus? And you might be surprised to know that there are those who will quickly dismiss Jesus as the Son of God. Next time you have Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses come to your door and you strike up a conversation with them. And they may sound good and they may sound locked on with everything they have to say. But you can stop them right in their tracks and ask them, who is Jesus? Is he the Son of God? And I think you'll be surprised at some of the answers you get. So, do I need to know that Jesus is the Son of God? Well, who is this Jesus? I, I love the quote of what um, C.S. Lewis C.S. Lewis says. I, I've read this before. C.S. Lewis says this. wrote this. I am trying here to prevent anyone saying really foolish thing that people often say about him, that is to Christ. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said this sort of thing, Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with a man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You shut him up for a fool, you spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. So, again, the question is, who is this Jesus? So, if it is just a Messiah over Israel, then maybe we're okay. But if he is God... Jesus is God. He is God over every, he is sovereign over every molecule. He is just and he's righteous. And he is the one that we have to bow a knee to. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity this morning, fellowshipping in your word. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for those that are in the sound of my voice. And they, and to say that there is a God, there is no problem. God exists. That there is a, that there is a God, and that, that scripture even says that it is a fool that says that there is no God. It's not the fool who doesn't believe that there's a God, a fool who says that there is no God. The evidence is abound and you put, you have made it clear that you exist within our hearts and all the evidences that abound. 
And we can say that we can believe God. And we can say that we, that we worship God. And that's okay. And that's what we should do. But the question is, what do we do with his son? What do we do? Does God have a son? And how is he the door and the bridge to a relationship with the God that we know that we exist? He who has the son has life. But he who does not have the Son does not have life, but the wrath of God abideth upon him. Jesus Christ is the door. He is the gate. And no one goes to the Father but through him. It's imperative that we know not only that Jesus is the Messiah, the one appointed to be the uh, the son of David that's going to sit on the throne in Jerusalem, but we must also know that he is God, sent from God, that he has all the, that he's co-equal with the Father and with the Holy Spirit, that he is God. And that it is he that also we bow a knee to. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that those in the sound of my voice, that without life, without hope, without eternal life, that and they, and they knowing and they acknowledge that there's a God, but they also know that there is a chasm between them and a God that they express um, that exists. May they see, may it be that in their hearts they recognize that Jesus Christ is the bridge that crosses that chasm into a relationship with God. And those who are trusting in him to do for them what he, they cannot do for themselves, by trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ who died upon the cross, born of a woman, became a man, though he is also God, lived a perfect life according to his, in his humanity, went to the cross, died there, took our sins, was buried, and on the third day rose up and then ascended into heaven to be at the right hand of the Father, to be sitting in his human form at the right hand of the Father, and will come back to rule. It is he who is worthy of praise and glorification. And by trusting and believing in him, we do have eternal life. So be with these, be with us in these truths this morning, Heavenly Father. Open our hearts to it. And um, I, I pray all these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Another fine day in the Lord. Keep your armor on. Keep fighting a good fight of faith. Lord willing, spirit guiding. Back to Penny. We'll be back here. Is this Thursday? Oh, okay. We got, we got Thursday night, um, um, class. We finish up our lesson on Thursday. So tonight will be question and answer. So hope you join us at seven, seven o'clock. All right. Uh, until then, we'll see you. Thank you for joining us. You can hear this message again, as well as previous lessons and get notes by visiting us online at www.gchapel.org.